Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I can't believe we're doing this. Hey, yeah, because today it is Transmorphers. <laughs> yeah, it oh, is um, probably one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so before we get into this, dear listener, don't direct your anger at Paul. This was all my <laughs> idea. Uh, you know I like a bad movie, and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? No, no, it was not funny. <laughs> It was an hour and a half of my life I will never get back. <laughs> but yeah, here we go, I guess. The Asylum Presents. Yeah, so, uh, well, oh yeah, before we, we usually do the, you know, here's the cast, um, and you will you won't recognize any of these names, uh, nope. but a couple of them <laughs> made me laugh. So there's Matthew Wolf. he's going to be Warren Mitchell, who's our lead actor, who's from England or Scotland or Australia, or <laughs> I don't know, because his accent always changes. Um, there's Amy Weber, who is... An atrocious actor. I'm sorry, but she's awful, even in this. And she plays Karina Deer. And then there's Shaylee Scott, who plays Alexandria Lux. She's the one with the with the mask. Well, I was going to say the, the eyeliner, but they all have it. And she has a couple cringy speeches. There's Eliza Swenson, who's General Van Ryberg. And then this is my favorite name. Griff Frust? Gr- He's itchy. Griff Frust. Griff Frust. That's a great name. Like, name your character that. Fuck yeah, itchy. We're scratchy. As himself. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Michael Tower, who plays Dr. Volo Slolov, yeah. Slolov Alex Tzev. With no Russian or Eastern European accent whatsoever. Like, if you're going to give a guy a name like that, come on. <laughs> Just go with Kijiji. Um, yeah. And it was written and directed by Leigh Scott. Uh, but you did mention, Paul, it is The Asylum. And dear listener, if you don't know The Asylum, uh, they're a production studio that does like ultra low budget, straight to video stuff. And they do like the mockbusters where they're ripping yeah. off whatever blockbuster is out. They're big hits. If you like zombies, dear listener, you might have watched Z Nation. That's probably their most successful thing they've ever done. That was a show that had like four or five seasons. And they also did Sharknado, which is <laughs> the name everybody at least recognizes, even if you didn't see it. Um, I, because I always like up some trivia. Here's some fun stuff, Paul. I don't I don't think you're a fan of Firefly, but to my other brown coats out there, um, they actually use sets from uh, Firefly and from Serenity to do this. And uh, the only real uh, other factoid I could find about this was that General Van Ryberg was originally written as a man, and then uh, Eliza Swenson came in and, and portrayed uh, the general as a woman, which is just like Ripley in Alien, because Ripley was supposed to be a man, so this movie is just as good as Alien. <laughs> well, uh, no, I, I, I think I disagree. <laughs> this is where you punch me in the face. But uh, now it's uh, it's 2009, I guess, or in 2009, they discovered life 20 million light years away. That's farther than the, that's 10 times as far as the Andromeda Galaxy. And they sent a message that somehow didn't take 20 million years to get there. And then I called it the D12 Empire traveling at clearly slower than light speed, flew yeah. 20 million light years and invaded Earth. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're just moseying along through the cosmos. And they travel 20 million light years in five years. But they do it. Um, the, oh, the other thing that really caught my eye was the font they're using for the title cards is the same, like, mock Transformers font that we use for 
archive <laughs> cards in this show. They just got the the freeware fonts. Um, but yeah, these D12 come down, and uh, it's a critical hit, even though they're not a D20, I guess, because they kill like 90% of the world's population, and they black out the sun like the Matrix, and then we see the first robot, and it is like, I would say it's Beast Wars level CGI, but that is an insult to Beast Wars. Yeah, I said, well, it's terrible, because like, remember Sauron and Blastar and Captain Power in the 1988, oh, I think yeah, it was? yeah, yeah. It's like that caliber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Total sidetrack here, but I used to have that toy, like the action, the action figure that, what was his name, the robot guy? Uh, Blastar was the one that, like the ground one, then Sauron was the robotic bird one. My brother had Blastar, I remember that. Maybe I, Blastar had like tank treads for feet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah, I had him, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, it, I, I did some uh, graphic design, a little bit of um, uh, 3D animation in college in like the late 90s, and this reminds me of 3DS Max. Like, it was that, honest to God, if this was 1999, I could have made the special effects for this movie. Well, I remember that that short film that your roommate made that we were watching. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually pretty good. But oh, again, yeah. it was 1999, right? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't look like that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and a couple college kids, not a... Anyway. Um, so we have our opening credits, and then there's a bunch of people monitoring ra- radar, and the only thing that stuck out to me, Paul, was that the guy in charge, um, he looks like Peter McKay. Yes, he does. <laughs> who is a Canadian politician. There's going to be another Canadian conservative politician that I mentioned later, too. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they find out the machines have crossed the line, and they then they go to a scene with, like, the head of the science and the military guilds, and this was just, this is the beginning of people just talking about shit and me trying not to zone out. Okay, this is the guy that I meant. Doesn't the guy in the background, who was obviously the guy playing the head of the science division, whatever it is, doesn't he look like um, Andrew Shear? Oh, <laughs> a little God, bit. no, I can't. <laughs> I'd have to go back and watch it, and I'm definitely not going to do that. You can tell he's trying so hard not to laugh here, too. Like, the dialogue is just so fucking terrible. But. There's a couple times in this movie where people are literally trying not to laugh while giving their lines. Yep, but they're arguing about, uh, he thinks it's time, you know, to make their strike against these robots. And then the head of the military, this General Van Ryberg, she's, uh, no, 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 we're not ready. We're not ready. We're not doing it. Yeah, and then then they go into the hallway, and Ryberg like tells her subordinate or whatever. Basically, she's like, "I got a suicide mission plan. Get a bunch of people and put them in hockey gear." Yes, that's what I called it. His hockey equipment that's too small for them. They're gonna head up <laughs> to the surface. <laughs> but uh, first, the doctor with the big earrings tells them their mission. Oh my god! Like, yes, they're, they're down to her shoulders. But and, and like this character does not look like a doctor. It looks no, like the, a, okay. So I have to say, every single woman, like every woman in this uh movie looks like they just came in off the street in 2007 <laughs> and were given a black leather jacket because <laughs> like the hairstyles are 2007 there's so much eyeliner and then this woman this doctor i can't even remember her name most of the names don't matter no <laughs> she yeah, like paul said she has these giant hoop earrings and like just a white headband that was just like what women wore in the early 2000s. Yes, like this is not 300 years in the future. And, and oh, she's yeah, got we forgot to say that. This is 300 years in the future. Ridiculous bright pink eyeshadow island or whatever the fuck they call it. Oh, but, God. Yeah. Makeup done to the nines. I can just picture like uh, the women, like these actors sitting there getting the makeup done for the scene. And like the, the guy doing it has to be a guy. And no woman would ever do such a terrible job. Like you'd think she'd just grab the thing. Will you just fucking give me that and just do it herself and then get up to the set? I I would bet a hundred dollars, Paul, that 
all hair and makeup was just done by themselves. And then the director came in and was like, no, girls, more eyeliner. And I'm going to bet he said girls and not ladies or women. Uh, he said, girls, more eyeliner. No, more eyeliner. More eyeliner! And then that's what we got. There was no makeup on this set. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the doctor, um, she needs, basically she needs them to retrieve a fuel cell. And then there's a bunch of talk. And she she gives them, like, a, an electromagnet that they're going to use as a trap. Yeah, they got and all then, this fancy gear and shit, which their leader, who is a lieutenant, but someone else in their group is a commander. So why isn't she in charge? But either <laughs> way, uh, the lieutenant's like, yeah, and if all goes well, we're not going to need any of this because, we're listen, we're doing this all sneaky-beaky-like. We're just going in and we're doing it quiet oh yeah this is important because he's like if they even come down on us with one of them like they'll devastate us and we'll get destroyed and yeah apparently human weapons just can't deal with these they call them z-bots and remember that because later on human weapons will easily deal with these z-bots <laughs> yes. oh oh and then i love this how it ends um peter mckay dismisses everyone and then nobody moves and then he turns around and walks away <laughs> yes but uh, now I guess it's the next day we're on the surface and man, it sucks out here. Are we sure we want to take this place back? And the lieutenant orders the commander, because that's not how that works, to radio the base. We're planting the device and we're going to be coming home soon, I guess. Yeah, but it's like it's just raining and it's nighttime. It's not that bad. Well, yeah, because I, I guess like it's always raining now because it's always covered in clouds. Like that's how they blocked out the sun. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It rains 24-7. Oh, but then, Paul, then there was the the radar animation that was... MS Paint caliber. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's or awful. Mario Paint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they're following the team, and then apparently the team doesn't really know what's going on, even though they were just expl- they were told like get a fuel cell and bring it back. But they deploy the magnet, and then I love that like there's two soldiers run up and they turn the thing on and it powers up and then they just run away. But for some reason it doesn't yank their guns and belt clips to the yeah. Whatever. You would think. But uh, yeah, back with the MS Paint version of the radar, the, they don't really... Well, the soldiers start hearing something up there, but they can't see anything, and there's nothing on the screen down in the base. And then one guy starts to get a nosebleed. Oh, yeah, this is... We, we forget to mention this because it was... I guess it is kind of an important thing, but they the robots uh, apparently can do brain scans that, I don't know what, just melt your brain. It, it's never explained if they get information <laughs> from it. No. It just kind of makes you hemorrhage blood out of your nose and then you die yes but uh, apparently this uh, nosebleed that is all the casualties this team is going <laughs> to yeah. take for one day they're calling a retreat they're gonna head back <laughs> we're soldiers we didn't sign up for danger um oh oh here's one other thing we find out that anybody who wants to fight the robots directly has basically been put into a hundred year sentence of cryo freeze which makes no sense that this <laughs> yes. you know resource a depleted society is going to spend money and energy to put people like, in cryo freeze. What would be the point? Yeah, really. But then back down at the MS Paint radar station, two more blips show up out of nowhere, and she's like, oh, they were part of the train a minute ago, and now I guess they're robots, so I guess they can disguise themselves, and one of these things transmorphs behind them, and when it does, just watch the guys in the foreground. Like, it, it's terrible editing. <laughs> you can tell they must have filmed these separately, but it's just awful it gets right washed out and ugh. yeah all of the compositing in here and later on when they have those big wide shots where you know like the people are 10 pixels tall on the screen running along yes. it is absolutely horrendous <laughs> like do you do you remember paul in the 90s late 90s a tv show called lex uh not 
off the top of my head, but it's okay. kind of familiar. It was a Canadian-produced TV show with really crappy CGI in the late 90s, and this it's worse than that. Basically, I could just sit here. Like, this is worse than Reboot. It's worse than, like we said, Beast Wars. It's worse than Lex. It's worse than everything else that came out in the late 90s. <laughs> it's like the guy in that Def Leppard video is better quality than this. <laughs> um, but... The Dire Straits video, Money for Nothing, yeah. is better quality than this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the team is like, these things start to trans, I, transmorph, I guess. And, uh, the, everybody's like, they're changing. And <laughs> one of them turns into a tank and you can legitimately see the polygons on the top <laughs> dome of the tank. But yeah, they start shooting at it with the tips of their guns off the top of the screen. So you can, can't tell, I guess, <laughs> that they're just PVC pipes with fucking Lego pieces on them or whatever they built them out of. But yeah, it starts blasting at them. But it, uh, down on the base, they can't send any help or else they'll reveal their location. So they cut off the radio and leave them to die, basically. Yeah. And I thought that the Blackthorn was the leader of this group. I thought he was going to come back later. I don't think he ever does. But uh, he, although he honestly could have, and I just missed him because there's like 50 characters in this yes. movie. It's crazier than Infinity. <laughs> war but uh the general then uh van ryberg wants to meet the next round of soldiers vault round up some you know volunteers and she's told about the perfect candidate and then this was another one of those really stupid scenes where i'm sure the writer was like what's what's the writer's name again lay darby no lay scott um and uh I'm sure that the writer was like, oh, this is such an intense scene. And this is where uh, we meet, um, I just call her uh, Mascara Edgelord because (laughs) she goes off on this like, we need to get Warren Mitchell and Warren Mitchell will save us and he will be the savior for all. And then I will rise up against you. And like, I'm not giving it the stupid gravitas that this actor does, but it is... I felt embarrassed for them. <laughs> but yeah, she goes on about he's the guy we need. No, oh, he's such a bastard. He's so cold and ruthless. The robots can't even read his mind. He's just that fucking mean. And and then one of them quotes Hamlet. And yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's just terrible. And then there's this weird split screen thing. Yes. They do it a couple times in this movie. And it's like they were trying to do something in editing to make it look interesting. But like, you're really just putting a ribbon on a pile of shit. Don't bother. <laughs> Like, at some points, there's even, like, three of them, like, three different things going on. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird, and and doesn't, it's not done enough, and it's not like there's a style to this movie. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, they they talk about how Mitchell will lead others, whatever. They thaw him out, and then this is where we meet Mitchell, the hero of our story, I guess. And I can't tell, his accent sounded British at first, and I was like, oh, wait, is he Scottish? And, or is he Cornish? Is he Welsh? I don't know. And then later on, I think he, he sounded Australian, so. I, I kind of just think he's an American doing a bad accent. But yeah, he's not going to help them one bit unless they get the band back together. And uh, we're in the general's office again, and we're arguing about letting his buddy Itchy out of cryostasis. <laughs> and he's like, look, either I, we get him back out or put me back in the freezer. I'm not helping. Okay, now there's like maybe three... I was going to say nice things about this movie, but just not mean things I would say about this movie. And this is one of them is Mitchell uh, says to tells Ryberg, you know what? When I was in cryo sleep for what was it? Five years or something. Um, every all the whole time I dreamt of like a perfect world where the machines hadn't taken over and it was blue skies and sunny and all that wonderful stuff. So I would gladly go back to that. 
rather than this shithole that you've brought me into. So either bring my buddy back, Itchy, or I'm going in. And she's like, all right, you can have Itchy. Yeah, so they get him out, and then they argue for half an hour, and Itchy doesn't take orders from her. He follows this guy here, the end lady, and he's out of here. And uh, also, the general is now married to Mitchell's old girlfriend. It was his, I don't know, ex-wife or girlfriend. Doesn't matter. Yeah, and he was um, under for like three months, and then they got married. Yeah, so, really? wow, gee, uh... It couldn't have been that serious, dude. I think there was something going on long before yeah. <laughs> you went in the icebox, buddy. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, th- there's also... You know what, Paul? I got to say, if you and I ever end up in the post-apocalyptic future with a bunch of transmorphers hunting down humanity, we should get into the leather jacket business because everybody, <laughs> everybody wears a black leather jacket in this movie. There's and here's the best part. That none of them match. Yeah. No two look alike. <laughs> no, they don't. It's just like... And there's no consistency with the rank insignia they're wearing either. Like, some of them have stars. Like, okay, that's a general. But they call other people captain that have stars in their things. Like, no, what captain doesn't have that? It's just a little cluster thing. Oh, that's major. And then there's some of them that have, like, the bird colonel thing, like, full colonel in the army, but they call those people commander. Well, commander's a Navy rank. Like, I'm, I'm So I'm thinking that this movie was, there's no hair and makeup, so bring your own, do your own hair and makeup. There's no costume, so just bring a black leather jacket. I don't yes. care what it looks like, just bring one. And then, does anybody have, like, any clips or pins that look like stars? It doesn't matter what you have, we're just gonna <laughs> stick them on the jacket. Well, even paint them white if we have to, we're still... Oh, my God, yeah. Um, oh, also, the general, I, what the, that's that actor's name, um, Eliza Swenson. She's not very good either. Like, I, you know what? Itchy is kind of, the guy who plays Itchy, what, Grunts Fronts, or what's his name? Griff First. <laughs> um, he's kind of the only half-decent actor. Yeah, I can say that, yeah. He's also the only one that smokes in the whole movie. Yeah, there's <laughs> a weird thing about smoking. Anyway, uh, I just like that his name is Itchy. That's stupid. And then, okay, this, they cut to it a few times, but I don't, it's not a matte painting. It's just a painting with some animation on it yeah. of, I guess, the underground city. The establishing shot, I called it. Yeah, they use it like a thousand times. Well, not a thousand, but it, it's got to be at least ten times. Oh, it, and it's, it is like hyper advanced for this, you know, group of people who are wearing hockey pads and <laughs> string, swinging around electromagnets. This is like space 2010, or no, space... What is it? Twenty nine ninety nine. What was that show from the sixties, seventies? Oh, no idea. Space nineteen ninety nine. That's it. But it's like it, it looks like Cybertron, kind of. Like it, it looks yeah, like it a really does. advanced. Like I wouldn't say utopia if they're living underground, but it looks like they're doing all right. And then for no reason, uh, Katrina Dedeer, who is the uh, wife of the general and the lover of Mitchell, former lover of Mitchell, just walk. Okay, this was so dumb. Basically, <laughs> she walks into Mitchell's apartment and says, "Hey, I-, I don't love you." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't love you either." Okay, but I still feel for you. Don't you know? Get hurt. Okay, bye. I guess I'm not here for a reason. Bye. Yes. And leaves. And I- nothing happens. But I will say, I have it down is now his old girlfriend comes into his room and then she leaves his room. That's it. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. Um, I will say this though, Amy Weber is. Hands down, the worst actor in this movie. <laughs> She's not good at it. She is awful. But uh, then we he gets woken up the next morning by Itchy, and they go to inspect the troops. And this was just... <laughs> you know what this reminded me know. of? This was, was so Always stupid. be ready! 
Yeah. <laughs> that was, was that that was our I, that was our suggested parenting advice when we were like 14 or 15 was that what you do yeah. to train your kid is every once in a while you just throw fists at them and teach them to always be ready. Even in the middle of the night, just wake up. Always be ready. Yeah, be waiting in their closet. It's how to raise healthy children. But uh, yeah, they inspect the team. He, okay, Mitchell has this dumb thing where he's like, uh, you know, don't hesitate at all. Now you hit me. What? Boom. And then Mitchell punches him and he's like, I said, don't hesitate. Now you hit me. And the guy swings at him and Mitchell blocks it and punches him and then says something like, I don't be ready for a counterattack or whatever. And then he's like, everybody come at me. And then it just got dumb. <laughs> yes. Er. The only one that manages to land a hit on him is the last one and also the only woman. So she gets to stay on the team and everybody else is fired. And then, okay, this was so stupid. He, They go into the hallway and Mitchell's like, round up some more volunteers. I want a bunch of tough guys, people that you choose. And he's like, all right, get me a cigarette if you can. So we established that cigarettes are rare and difficult to find. That's important for later, <laughs> uh, for a dumb little thing I'm going to point out later. But uh, we go to uh, Peter McKay, and he lets, I don't understand what this is. I guess I don't understand half this movie. But he lets Ichi into a room where we meet who I will call the first of the porn star soldiers. <laughs> well, I, I have it down as some blonde lady's room. But we find out later, much later, her name is Blair. But uh I think he calls her doll. And she's like, that's commander doll to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this, this weird forced sexual tension. But basically, he says, hey, we have a tough mission. Uh, you want to join? He's like rubbing her shoulders the, yeah, and like slipping his hand of... down the front of her shirt. Okay, so yeah, she's in a like a gray tank top, which just is the de facto uniform for women in this movie when they're not wearing a black leather coat. <laughs> yes, because we're going to see a lot of them later. Yeah. Oh, oh, and she gives Itchy like three or four poorly hand-rolled cigarettes and he's like oh yes. wow I wouldn't have thanks it's probably anyway. just the tubes like there's no tobacco even in them they couldn't afford it <laughs> you know like this, see the, here's the thing is there's nothing even clever about this do you remember the fifth element how they're like 200 years in the future and all their cigarettes are like 80 percent filter and 20 percent tobacco and that that's like oh that's a neat thing they do in the future this one's just shittily hand-rolled cigarettes in this underground technological <laughs> i guess we can't call it you megaopolis whatever but um he leaves and this was i love this when he leaves the door doesn't quite shut all the way and it's no. not synced with the sound effect of the door and you can clearly see the brush strokes of paint where they tried to make it look aged and it's just like <laughs> Like, like it's wall paint one side of it closes all the way before the other side catches up and you can tell someone's pushing on it because it's like yeah. jerking in the track oh yeah, yeah it kind of wiggles <laughs> around a bit oh boy anyway yeah so he leaves a valley girl and I, I i only say porn star soldiers because again every woman in this has the makeup and the hair and just the look and the tank tops don't help of a it just it, this looks like they hired a bunch of porn stars and then a couple bad shitty actors who didn't shave for a few days. <laughs> anyway, they they uh, they go to Mitchell's new crew and he doesn't make anybody attack him this time. He's just they're all in on it. It's uh, everything's good. Yep. And uh, the doctor explains the plan. They're gonna get a fuel cell from one of these things, reprogram the fuel cell, and install it in the main computer up on the surface and really mess shit up for these machines because apparently this control towers controls all the machines they somehow know that yeah it's, it's the classic uh, sci-fi trope of the these brilliantly advanced alien invaders <laughs> have connected all of their operations to one singular target 
But uh, the only catch is they can't destroy the robot they take this uh, fuel cell from in the process because when the robot dies, so does the fuel cell, so they have to bring it in alive. Yeah, so they go up to the surface, and Mitchell takes one team, and then Mascara Edgelord, the one who gave the cringy speech earlier, <laughs> she takes the other team, and then... This was just dumb. This was so stupid. Uh, they start to head off, and just as they're all splitting up, Corrine is just standing in the room there. Yeah. And Mascara Edgelord, like, gets in her face, cringy again, and then she's like, I want to come on this mission. I can't... Actually, I don't know why. Why does she want to come on this mission, Paul? Yeah, exactly. What was the point? I don't... It, she never explains. But uh, this she's so, going to go with, and uh, now we go to the dormitory, and I just have it down that all the women beat the shit out of each other and argue for two and a half days. And they're all wearing the same tight black gray tank top, and I know I'm beating this porn star uh, horse with a stick, whatever I'm doing, but it's... <laughs> It just, it kind of pissed me off where I was like, can you please give one of these characters a little more character other than this one has brown hair instead of all the blonde? Pretty much, it. yeah. Mascara Edgelord has, like, brown hair. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's I've kind of looked like pinkish kind of to me at least yeah there's there's some red in there but whatever that and that's that's the extent of her character (laughs) she's cringy and she has red dye in her brown hair (laughs) but now we're having a little taste and uh and there's a woman oh we didn't mention her before there was a woman in an obvious blonde wig and a silver get up but uh, she's here and now she's wearing an obvious red wig and uh she's not drinking because she's an android i love this this was the first laugh out loud moment because they're like why don't you drink you're not drinking and first off dear listener don't pressure your friends to drink if they don't want to drink don't don't make them drink but they're like why aren't you drinking that's no fun and she goes i don't drink i don't eat anything eep 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 bop oop and the the dr uh, kijiji thing he's like oh yeah she's an android i built an android don't worry she's not bad it's just an android and everybody goes okay well cool i'm gonna go to bed bye <laughs> and uh, like nobody reacts well itchy he's like oh yeah you made that did you you want to build me one when you get when we get back? Because I want to fuck it, right? You get that, right? I don't want to say it, but I'm going to fuck it. He's such a creep. But, yeah, they all go to bed. Oh, oh, um, Dr. Uh, Kijiji does mention that he she's the second android yeah, he built. Because the, the first one apparently didn't work out so well. We don't talk about that one. Wink, wink. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, she wants one when he gets back. But uh, now Karina kisses her wife. It's the next day, I guess. She kisses her wife goodbye, and we head up to the surface. And what do you know? The robots are right there. That's convenient. So they split up to surround them. Yeah, and this is where it starts to get, like, why are the Z-Bots a threat? Because, yeah, they... they they strafe these Z-Bots, or flank them, and uh, the Z-Bots kind of just walk through to patrol, dopey do, and then they just shoot them down at the end. Yep, they take out most of them and stun the last one. Oh, but... wait a minute, wait a minute, Paul. First, there's some really bad techno music. <laughs> Yeah, they stunned the last one, but one of them was brain-scanned, so they need to make this snappy because that means the robots know where they are. Yeah, and then more Z-Bots fly in. Oh, do you know another movie? This fight scene reminded me of it. Just not the anything, but just the look and the feel of it. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's one of the worst movies ever. That's borderline. <laughs> I, I, th- I remember it had a couple good fight scenes. But man, that's a bad movie. The the first one, my brother can recite that one word for word the whole way through. <laughs> I remember going to see the first one in, was it high school we went and saw that? Yeah, I remember it in the theater. I, the, the first one I remember liking, and I bet if I watched it again, trying to stay in that 
you know, what, 16-year-old, what, I don't know when that came out, State of Mind, I bet it's probably still a fun, stupid movie. I remember it was so friggin' loud. Because oh, uh, yeah, they had turned up way too high. I, a friend of mine was seeing The Scarlet Letter in the next cinema, and he could hear Mortal Kombat in that theater. <laughs> wasn't that, when we went to see that, wasn't that the night discovered, like, the Timmy's quadruple, quadruple, like, he got a <laughs> coffee with four sugar and four cream, and it was an extra large whatever, and he chugged it. Was that the night he did that in the theater? I can't wow, remember. I really <laughs> always remember, because about halfway through the movie, I want to say it was Mortal Kombat, he just started, like, vibrating in his seat, and he couldn't <laughs> sit still. <laughs> we were party boys, kids. Let me tell you, with that coffee, where are we in this movie? Uh, they're fight. Oh, they're fighting Z-Bots. And um, then, oh, this was one other thing that I was like, oh, hey, good for you. As one of the characters is running, the pan camera's panning and following them, uh, there's a stunt. I want to say there's a stunt performer, but it's probably just an actor. They, they were like, look, here's 50 bucks, jump off that rock. <laughs> uh, but he kind of does a legitimate bail and fall off the rock and then off camera. So I'm hoping they had a crash mat. Yeah, <laughs> or a swimming pool or something. Or at least a couple cardboard boxes, something. So that's the one stunt I think I saw in this movie. And then eventually, I think they take out all the Z-Bots, but it's so poorly edited, I, I really can't tell. Well, yeah, I just have it down that some of them get separated from the rest of the team, but then a Z-Bot just flies in and grabs Blair. You called her the first porn star one, but... She's, yeah, she's the first porn star. The, the cigarette woman. Uh, she grabs her and flies off, but then Karina just grabs a jetpack off a jet <laughs> robot, and I guess she knows how to use it because she flies off after her. And it's so bad. Like, you can tell they just had an image of her that they shrank on the screen, put yes. a bad <laughs> cloud of dust behind her, and pew! She takes off like Wiley e. Coyote. But uh, then we go to Mitchell, and okay, this was a, here was another thing I kind of liked about this. Uh, Mitchell and Itchy drag a downed Z-Bot. I guess they knocked one of them out. It's not dead. And they drag it back to, like, the rest of the team. And it was a legitimate life-sized prop. They actually built a Z-Bot that they could pick up and move around. And we see it in full frame later on. And you know what? It's it's not bad. I, anytime you build an entire robot, a whole prop that big, you have a little bit of respect in my book. And uh, meanwhile, back with her, uh, the robot carrying Blair drops her and she lands in the mud and her clothes are perfectly clean in the next shot. But for now, they get some mud on them. But and Karina lands beside her and now they're pinned down with this huge robot attacking them. So they use the jetpack as a rocket. Is that what they did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was extra dumb because in the scene before that, uh, Mascara Edgelord and her porn star soldiers, like, take out Frisbees and just throw them at the Z-Bots, and they instantly kill them all. Yeah, so, I called them Tron discs. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> why didn't you use those at the very beginning? Whatever. But then uh, Karina and the uh, uh, Valley Girl, what's her name? Blair? Blair, yeah. yeah. Uh, she... Karina, like, sticks the Frisbee disc on a jetpack oh, and then okay. ignites it. But, like, just throw the Frisbee disc at the thing. It worked. It's almost like this film doesn't follow logic. <laughs> but these two realize they're at the tower where they need to take the thing once they... Re the fuel cell, once they re get it reprogrammed. So they know the other team... Or the team has to come here, so they're just going to hunker down here for now. Oh, and I will add, Amy Weber looks like she's freezing in this shot. Like, she's sh physically shivering for a couple of scenes where she tries to put, there's a tower, and you can see her hand shaking. Because, I mean, she's outside, and they're pouring water on her, and she's wearing a black leather jacket. This must have been awful to film. Uh, it didn't look like a lot of fun. No. 
But uh, now we're in the OR on MASH, and Nurse Kelly is even here, and they got this robot open, but it's not what they expected inside. Yeah, it's got organic matter inside. And, and they, oh, yeah, they have three and a half minutes before the Z-Bots get on them. But yeah, they, I guess they real, this is the moment where this doctor, who I can't tell you his name, he, I don't even think he gets introduced, but... <laughs> And seriously, why would you have him? Because you already have a doctor working on this, Doctor yes. uh, Volo Kajiji. So, oh boy. Anyway, he's not, like, not to mention, you know what? This. Oh wait, no. I guess the doctor with the huge earrings is dead, isn't she? Because she was part of that as a crew. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She died in the yeah the first one or in the first crew out. But but uh, Doctor whoever he is here. He's just like, wow, they're organic inside. This must mean that these robots, we always thought they were controlled by an alien race, but they are the alien race. And that there's there's no reason he would make that conclusion. No, but I guess that complicates things. I don't, Paul. Sorry, sorry. I just I don't want to sound too negative, but you know, I, I kind of think maybe this isn't the greatest script. <laughs> it needed a rewrite, but uh, black with or it, it, it needed a, a cremation. It needed say, or it a needed trip a to the priest or a doctor. <laughs> back with Blair and Karina, they're buddies again i guess oh. like oh you fought really well yeah. oh you only did the right thing back then when you you know sent him to fucking jail and they look around for an hour and 10 minutes and then they take cover <laughs> so back it's with a that. really long scene of them just looking around like it, it's got to be 10 seconds long <laughs> this movie is so short because it's not even 90 minutes it, it cuts out before that this movie is so short i'm sure they were like okay you know what just use all the b-reel we have <laughs> well they, they they would you know why do we need like 20 seconds of them staring at nothing i don't care just put it in <laughs> otherwise this movie is 48 minutes long um so the, the but the z-bots they're they're uh advancing on the mash tent so mitchell's like all right we're evacuating and the doctor orders one of their subordinates again an actor we have only seen once and we'll never see again uh to just take the z-bot with them yeah that's the asian lady i call her nurse kelly she looks a lot like uh kelly on um or is that the one I was thinking? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of on MASH. But yeah, take the fuel cell with us back to the city, you know, just be sneaky about it. Mm. And then this was the first, I think the first of like the just awful wide shots. <laughs> it's terrible. It's, so it's the team and they look like like pixelated characters from a, an early 90s Sierra game. <laughs> They're really bad, and I don't even know what they're supposed to be running across, because uh, the background is just a bunch of angles and plates. I don't even, I don't know what it is. Well, even when it comes back to, like, actual footage of the, the actors, like, the the jersey barriers and the walls they're taking cover behind are obviously not even concrete or even secured because like they're moving as they touch them <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's all styrofoam oh and did you see okay so when yeah when they run out of the tent they run away there's a big z-bot on this you know for lack of a better term i'm gonna say matte painting but it's just it, you know what it's a composited image but this z-bot one of the big tank ones steps on their tent and the tent is legitimately <laughs> yes. it is a two-dimensional cartoon right out of clip art yes it does, nothing <laughs> looks real it is so bad you know oh do you ever watch aqua teen hunger force I don't think I ever have. Okay, it was a great show, and it has it has that feel of like poorly composited two D images that are you know they're trying to fake perspective. <laughs> that said, Aqua Teen Hunger Force does it for comedic effect, and they have a style, and it was a great show. <laughs> but back in this show, that is not that great. Mitchell and Lux get surrounded, but uh, Lux was uh, who's that? Oh, that's um, the name of you call her Mascara Edge Lord. <laughs> Edgelord, yeah, Lux, yeah. <laughs> they get surrounded, but then Lux. something blasts all the robots, and two guys show up, and they all go back to the base. 
Except for uh, Mascara and Lord and Mitchell, they stand there for a bit, and there's a great shot where they're they're like back to back with a wall between them, and they're kind of talking to each other over their shoulders. But as they're doing this, I'm like, okay, which one of you is taking cover, and which one of you is <laughs> facing the enemy uncovered? Because one of you is an idiot. Yeah, they argue for like a week, and now I guess the general has taken over this mission. But now the doctor tells them, "Oh, we got to come to the lab." And what the hell is that thing doing here? They brought back the whole damn robot. Okay, actually, before that. There's a scene where uh, Van Ryberg confronts Mitchell in the hallway, and it might be the worst acted scene in the entire movie. Amy Weber delivers worse lines consistently, but this is just <laughs> awful. It's it's like they have no pacing. They're, I'm going to do this alone. What are you standing there for? Go do that thing. She's my <laughs> wife. Like, it's it's that bad. It is awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh and yes, yeah, so the big thing is Ryberg wants to save her wife personally. But yeah, then they go into um, the, they find the, in the lab, they find the Z-Bot and... I don't know. They got to take the fuel cell out of it, I guess. Yeah, because one doctor points out, like, if the tracking device in this thing is working, the robots already know we're here, so we got to do something with it, right? So they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. got to get the thing out of it. And so they get to work on that. Did you notice when they pull, like, he pulls out just a regular screwdriver, and then the guy hands him an impact driver, but there's no battery attached to it. <laughs> They've kind of painted it silvery. Yeah. He has some name of, like, the revolutionary quantum better or something but yeah it's, it's scratched out black and decker and wrote in <laughs> whatever the hell um, called it. and then they, so they take the fuel cell out and it immediately turns off it doesn't work and then right away everybody in the room just points their guns at the ceiling and goes we're under attack <laughs> <laughs> i feel that like there was supposed to be a shake of the camera and a sound effect like a kaboom <laughs> but they didn't Where's put that the in kaboom? they didn't do that <laughs> there's supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom but uh, they figured that oh. um, they should be able to, this fuel cell, they could put it into another bot to get it to this tower wherever they have to go. And the, Mitchell immediately thinks, oh, you mean that uh, android girl that we saw before? Who, who is never going to produce, like, there's no reason. The only reason she exists is that so Dr. Kijiji could say, oh, I made one before. And then we find out that the one he made before was Mitchell. Yeah. Because fuck you, audience. Well, I hope they wrote somebody at Paramount to check because this is exactly Dr. Soong explaining how Lore was too human. So he dialed it back a bit when he made Data. Because apparently Mitchell was just too perfect, so he made whatever this other one. I don't even think they give her a name. When he made the next one, he, you know, kind of toned her down a bit. And that is why Star Trek is the greatest science fiction there ever has been. Don't <laughs> argue with me, dear listener. Uh, anyway, yeah, the whole thing is that he created, there's this dumb speech where he's like, I created a machine that did the one thing the other machines couldn't or didn't have. Hope. <laughs> How do you program hope? Who? cares the important thing is that mitchell can't be brain scanned that's pretty much it oh and he has a fuel cell in yeah, well, I, yeah i have down they get out the screwdrivers and install the thing i thought it'd be funny if the next time you see him though it's like just stuck to the side of his head and he's just like zipping up his coat he's like okay i'm fine yeah let's do it oh and they tell him you're probably gonna die if you connect <laughs> yourself to the thingamabobber in the tower whatever yeah but we're heading out and uh the doctor and the end the other android are coming with for reasons and they launch the fighters and now it looks like oh we're God. launching reboot ah, ah, this, this was reboot no you know what again that's an insult to reboot this but it was like pre-reboot era cgi do you remember what the fuck were they called do you remember those shitty art 
like 3D animated shorts on YTV. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Sheridan College things. I think I can't they used remember to, what they were I called forget now. But yeah, I remember the one where the, the guy's juggling the 3DS Max pre-made shapes that you can do. With that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one with like birds and, and fish and one of them shatters the surface of the water. So they all live together. It was, yeah, really basic. I'm sure they just went to some university or college and were like, hey, do your art students want to get a, an animated short on YTV? Boom. Yeah. Done. Uh, but it's it's that caliber of like it it looks like mid to late nineties art school student CGI. Oh boy! It kind of reminded me of the like when you first start Super Nintendo Star Fox. Yes, <laughs> like when yes. You're, you're first launching in that. It's that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that bad. It's really really bad. Oh, also, can we acknowledge that all the soldiers wearing bug eye goggles look like idiots? Yes, they all got that's, fucking swimming goggles suit. on. They're, they're, yeah, their uniform is like uh, a black leather jacket, bug eye goggles, and then a pin from some tourist place that's supposed to be rank. And then uh, the, all of them talking to the wrist to use that as a radio, like. You know what? I'll, I'll give you... There's not even a prop on the wrist. <laughs> you know what, though? But I'll give them that. It's like at least they're trying to do something. You have to at least put your hand... Or I'm doing it here as if anybody can see me. But you have to at least put your wrist to your mouth or you touch your ear. You have to do one of those things. <laughs> That's how it works. Right? Like, like you're touching a Bluetooth device. Anyway, a uh, whole, whole bunch of stuff happens. They come out, the Z-Bot's there. A bunch of stuff happens. That's literally my note. Stuff happens. And then Karina calls into Van Ryberg, and she's she makes contact. They're like, oh, you're alive. Thank God. And then Karina says, hey, I've seen hundreds of ARVs leave the tower. And we see a shot in like six of them. Yes. <laughs> and then they realize that the ground troops surrounding the other group or, or the ground robots, I should say, are just there to surround them and kind of pen them in, right? Because the real attack is going to be coming from the air. Yeah, and I I don't know if it was mentioned before. I'm just going to assume it wasn't because it's the, that dumb a movie. But they, apparently the humans have every, heavy artillery. They open fire. And then Mascara Edgelord and uh, <laughs> has, um, oh yeah, she has Mitchell and company in her fighter jet. And there's a bit here where uh, Itchy's talking, he's got a cigarette, and he's like, bah, bah, bah. all right, let's go. And he throws away a recent lit almost full cigarette in a world where they're hard to come by fuck you yeah. you know what you just lit the fucking thing i i really like this movie up until that point paul but now <laughs> i don't know i just can't buy the character you know depth yeah he throws just that out but then they go over to captain power sky cycles or whatever they were called oh my god these <laughs> get on those and okay also the 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 room they're in is basically they're filming in like a, a freight tanker yes like a box <laughs> like car a right cargo fucking thing and and they they like but what about those and mitchell goes whoa as if he hasn't seen them and they're just yes. on the <laughs> other side of the fucking container they're right in front of them but uh yeah they fly out and uh, they and the fighters start blasting at the flying robots but it's still not enough so now the ground troops deploy the spinning satellite dishes as they <laughs> called them and start zapping them with that uh, here's one other nice thing i will say about this show or movie um is that the, the cockpit of the fighter jets like with the mascara edgelord and all her friends you can you can see where they literally just bought like drywall metal drywall corner molding and basic <laughs> construction elements and kind of you know stapled them into some black felt and again they built something and they didn't have to so i'll i will i will always give props for props and sets <laughs> It's better than the cockpit of the plane in Plan 9 from outer space. That is for damn sure. Everything's but, better uh, than anything in Plan 9. <laughs> Back with Blair and Karina, the 
the robots transmorph into their missile launcher forms and it looks like Karina is killed because it's like, oh no, or Blair's like, oh no, it's terrible. Yeah, they're getting closed in on or something, but they're what they're doing is they're readying the emags, which are this okay. I'm gonna be honest, Paul. At this point, I kind of don't know what's happening anymore. No, because they're like <laughs> ready the emags, and I think that's a satellite dish, and then they turn it on at one point, and it just creates electricity in the sky, and I think it blows up a couple, yeah, ARV like Zbot jets. But then they're talking about hitting the tower. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I think Which that's their last ditch thing they're going to need to do. But uh, Mitchell and his group fly in. He's like, oh, where's uh, Karina? Oh, and she doesn't say anything. They just stand there looking at each <laughs> other for like 20 minutes. And then, oh, wait, there she is. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, She gets smoked. Yeah, I, I didn't even understand. He's like, I thought you were dead. And it was like, well, that hap- scene happened 20 seconds ago. So she must have just been standing off camera fine. <laughs> Oh, whatever. <laughs> Listening to them talk about it. Yeah, really. Yeah. And then she just chops up. Let's oh, see hey, what they say doing? about She's me. Not they at all. Dead. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Anyway, so oh, then we have another one of those awesome shots of tiny humans running on a pixelated background. I like laughed out loud. It was so bad. Uh, but Mitchell and his team get into this tower. And everybody's hair is dry now. Did you notice that? Oh, of course, of course, yeah. They've yeah. been out in the rain for how many hours and their hair is perfectly dry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they had, <laughs> like, I'm going to bet a week, maybe, no, three days at most of outdoor shooting in this whatever industrial area with a bunch of concrete blocks sitting around. And then the rest <laughs> was crap studio stuff. <laughs> but uh, they all get in the tower. And then the tr- tower itself starts to transmorph. And then when we cut to a bunch of really poorly executed reaction shots from every cast member <laughs> yes. on the ground. And that goes on for a while. And then back Quite in the city, the robots are really getting close. And then back in the tower, the robots that, because when they first got here, robots started attacking them, but they're gone now for some reason. But there's turrets on the wall that start blasting at them. And they figure out that it's a biosensor that activates them. It's because they're living beings and it's not a motion sensor. And what happens now is my favorite scene in the movie because they turn the camera on Amy Weber and she tries her best to give an emotional speech about losing Mitchell. And I laughed at her the entire time. It is so bad. It is embarrassingly bad. Uh, But Mitchell's like, it's so weird that Mitchell's like, I got to do this. I'm the only one that can do this because as we know, the buyer, the thing's not going to pick him up because he's an Android. Yeah. But he never once says to her, Hey, I'm a robot. Yes. I'll be okay. Like that is never explained to anybody. No, no. Anyway, he he goes off. Uh, Karina cries. Amy Weber is an, an awful actor. But uh, Mitchell then enters the room, and okay, he walks in the room, which has like the blue chamber he has to stand in to save the day. Yeah. But for a little bit, the lighting was so bad. I was like, are they? Is he in front of a green screen? Because if he is, it's not super bad. And then I realized, oh no, this is an actual room, and they built a set for this because it's definitely not out of firefly <laughs> i'm sure of that because you can tell what is pvc piping yes but um he goes stands in the blue thing it looks like the hose used for the vent on your dryer is in the background but yeah, yeah, get- oh, yeah oh there's a lot i mean that's a sci-fi staple uh silver silver tubing in the background <laughs> he gets in this chamber and the door shuts behind him and then he does something that involves screaming and then all the robots shut down and fall out of the sky. Yeah. So, um, then Van Ryberg realizes they can use the E mags and they armed and she gives a countdown and then Mitchell, yeah, he screams again and they, they shut down the tower and he's still fine. 
But then he gets out and he dies. Yep. <laughs> That's what I have to... Well, he gets out and it looks like he's okay, but then he dies. Yeah. And Eventually. Then, <laughs> and there's a few shots of, like, humans celebrating on hugs and that. And then the movie at the 82-minute mark is like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> it was stupid like i really i wouldn't it's watch done. it ever again and i'm glad i didn't pay for it but because we i watched this on tubi obviously but uh it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be from what you told me about this movie about how fucking bad it was and it was bad it actually wasn't as bad as i was expecting <laughs> it's so i've heard the prequel is better as a bad movie but this was just okay so dear listener you know i love the bad movies um and this one just failed. It, like, the acting wasn't quite bad enough. Amy Weber was awful, and I loved her awful scenes. But <laughs> the props weren't quite bad enough. The The CGI was laughably embarrassing, but that just got confusing after a while. And I would have loved to see some more bad editing. The sound was all off. All the Dolly effects were awful. It, it was just there wasn't quite enough for me to laugh at to really enjoy it as a bad movie. Plus, there's just so many characters. You really oh my God, yes. can't really, I don't know, focus on one of them. Like, oh, that's my favorite one. But they're all just the same, really. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could have cut half the speaking roles in this easily. And then, you know what? Put a bit of that money. Have have one more explosion, because there was one explosion in the background during a fight, like a real explosion. Yes. And then I made a note of it. And then that guy that they, where you see the thing come down. Yeah, yeah. And that guy that they paid to jump off a car, concrete block, pay him another 50 bucks and get him to jump off <laughs> one twice as high. Make it, you know. <laughs> There's one spot where they're running for cover, and he, it it kind of fades out before it ends. But you can tell the guy can't get up over the thing. <laughs> like he's running at it, and it's like he doesn't realize how how he's going to climb over this. Yeah, there 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 were so many shots in this movie where I'm convinced as soon as they yell cut, somebody on in the cast was like, "Wait, are that, that where are we going to do another one?" And the director was like, "Ah, no, fuck it." Yeah, but I was <laughs> laughing when I delivered. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> this is asylum. Who gives a shit?" Um, yes. So I'm going to hear, uh, Paul, I'm going to take over for a bit here and, and I'm going to list six movies that I think are great, bad movies oh, yeah? that are enjoyable because they're such schlock way more than this. The first one is, uh, 1986's Chopping Mall, which you have seen. Ah, oh, yeah. We watched that last time you're home. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, it's a really great fun movie that is also kind of cheesy and bad, but it's a, it's, it's a fun slasher flick. Hmm. Uh, 1984's Kill Point is maybe my favorite bad movie ever. And it's just about people with machine gun shooting stuff. It's, <laughs> it is, it's got Leo Fong. It's got Cameron Mitchell. It's, it's just, mwah. Um, Space Raiders 1983 is a good Roger Corman sci-fi movie. It's kind of like in that you know that PG-13 era where it was way too mature for kids. But yeah, we like we all we all went and saw Gremlins, even though we shouldn't have as little kids. It, it, Space Raiders is in that kind of dark kids era. Um, and Forbidden Worlds, it's a legitimate horror. It's a little, it's a bit too much TNA. Like it just gets. You know, it's there for tits' sake. But uh, 82, another Roger Corman movie. Stone Cold, 1991, great, stupid, bullheaded action movie. And 1959, <laughs> The Wasp Woman, another Roger Corman classic. So there are six great movies, bad movies, dear listener, that you can watch, and you will never have to bother with Transmorphers, because Paul and I did it for you. <laughs> we did it so you don't have to. Yeah, we're doing the Lord's work here, Paul. <laughs> if you want to see 
two Twitter accounts that do the devil's work? Yeah, let's <laughs> go with that one. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Silby. Paul is at pmcpherson1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review the show on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show, which at this point is like, God, what do we got, Paul? We got G1. Mm-hmm. We got Beast Wars. We got Beast Machines. We got Prime. We got GoBots. And we got Transformers Animated. And Armada's coming up soon. Yep. And then we got a bunch of movies, too, including the pile of crap we just reviewed. Yep. Uh... <laughs> So if you if you want us to eventually do Transmorphers 2, I think it's called The Extinction of Man, uh, go fuck yourself. I'm never <laughs> watching another one of these movies again. Keep on transforming. See you later.